Imagine a group of people from all points across the world working to create a four-pronged project that includes a Jesus Multimedia Center and Museum near the Sea of Galilee, a virtual meta-universe of Jesus' life that you can experience as well as have at your fingertips online, which brings all of the facts of his life to you, and finally, a continuing movie series that takes the stories from the life and teachings of the Jesus papers and puts them in cinema. That is a pretty amazing project, and that is exactly what the Center for Unity Project is. I'm delighted to have Gabriel Reinberg in Israel, who formulated the project, along with Santiago Neeland, Steve Marble, Louis Morales, Carrie Blash, and Rick Lyon, all of whom are also students of the Arantia book, and each playing a significant part of this Center for Unity project, which we will discuss now on the Arantia Radio podcast. Let me have everybody introduce themselves so that everybody gets an opportunity to introduce themselves to the audience. Well, let's start from Rick, and then Rick, you can pass it along. Introduce everybody and your involvement in the Center for Unity. All right. Well, my involvement with the Center for Unity began probably in 2014 when I met Gabriel on a hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And we actually, your ancient group there is a tour with Diane Lebrecht. And Gabriel told us what he was thinking about doing there. And uh, so we had a brief prayer and, and started from there. So Gabriel has put together a team. And, and so probably last fall, it was when I really got involved seriously. And uh, things have started rolling since then. So uh, I've been a Urantia book reader since 1978 and uh, really started getting involved in Urantia activities in 93. And I've served in many roles with uh, different associations and, and, and fellowship and, U- and UAI and helped with the foundation too. So I've been around for a while and seen a lot of things. And I've been involved in a lot of projects, but I don't think I've ever seen one that had the potential and the the way things have come together with, with all this. I've never seen that before. So it's something t- totally new and totally exciting, and I'm really pleased to be part of it. So, uh, Gabriel, I'll hand it off to you then. So my name is Gabriel. I'm, uh, I live in Israel. I was born Jewish, and until I was about 40 years old, no more. I had no connection to Jesus and no understanding of anything. Then the Arantia book came into my life and I spent the next seven years translating it into Hebrew. I was baptized in the Jordan in 2014 at the same time I met Rick and I was still busy translating the Arantia book back then so I just had vague ideas of something on the Mount of Beatitudes. And, well, we're eight years later now, and those vague ideas have become four concrete projects. All of them are focused on sharing the life and teachings of Jesus uh, with everybody. And especially we're targeting young people around the world. Um, So I just like ideas. And once my relationship with Jesus materialized to the point where I understand not just in the head, but in the heart, what it means to have a personal relationship with God. Um, So everything I do is centered around that, and all these projects have that in mind. And this is what we pray for. We think that using these methods, new technologies, and the information in part four of the Arantia book, 
is going to be a bang. You know, it's like a, an explosive combination that will touch many hearts. And that's what we're focused on. Pass it on to Luis Miguel, mi hermano. <laughs> Thank you, Gabriel. And hi, everyone. Uh, it's a pleasure to to be here. Uh, Jim, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Well, I mean, in the Patagonia, Argentina, so I'm pretty pretty far from all of you, and I'm 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 from Colombia. I've been reading the book since uh, 1998, and I at least four times. And uh, I found the book uh, through the J.J. Benitez uh, novel story, is uh, the Trojan horse. So. And uh, I, I found a different Jesus, and that grabs me. Uh, it was it was something magic. I, I I wanted to know more about that Jesus because uh, it was it was different than that the one picture on my on my Catholic uh, background, you know. And and I found it so 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 attractive that I that I, I I feel the 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 need. To understand more, and some somebody says to me that uh, I should follow a link, and I follow it, and I found the the book, and the rest is history. And uh, and since that, I I've been transforming my life all the time, and uh, I'm just thinking about probably what I should do best if the if the life is eternal. So it's like that that come to my mind all the time so i i start looking for art so i'm i become a, a celestial artist and in in potentially uh, so i make music uh, you probably have heard me before i'm Dipti Bhakti and i i love to make music about the orange book and uh, and then I'm I'm a specialist on on human resources. I have more than thirty years of experience. I'm an expert on on that matter. I'm, I'm a professional coach, and I work I worked for so many organizations, and and that has become a, a, a real matter on my life because it means for me that my purpose is is intending to 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 endure more than this life. So uh, I've been working with groups, I've been working with teams, and I, and I help teams become better. And, and that, that with, the, with the lessons of the book, uh, have brought me here to the Center for Unity after the hackathon we had on, on 2020. Uh, well, we contact with Gabriel and we make a lot of uh, talking and, and then one thing becomes to another, and here we are building a, a, a trying to build a world class organization that is more than the, a bunch of readers behind a project. But uh, actually, we're stepping one step ahead of of what the people of the Rancho book reader can get to understand the book. We are doing more of that. We are trying to to picture Jesus. As we as we read it, so I'm I'm very happy. I'm very thrilled to to be here, and it's a pleasure to to have all of you on board 
because mm -hmm. we're kind of the same in the same mission. So I'm going to pass to to Carrie. I'm honored to be here and to be a part of this team. Let's see. I have been reading and studying um, uh, the Rancher book for over 30 years. My parents uh, hosted a study group for about 30 years. And um, my mother received the book from my grandmother and uh, her sister. I guess you could say I'm third generation. Wow. So I've been reading and studying as, you know, as best I can throughout my adult life uh, and building a career and a family. Um, and I had a business in between. But I also have a 28-year career with public television, with uh, the New Orleans Public Television Station, and Yes Productions. Yes Productions is the uh, production department of WYES. We are the 12th oldest PBS station in the nation, so we're 65 years old. And thanks to Hurricane Katrina, we now have a 47,000 square foot facility that's probably one of the best in the country. We have uh, three floors, um, four studios, uh, you know, top of the line equipment, nice. uh, an incredible team. And um, what has happened in the last six months is really exciting uh, because we have partnered with uh, Kenny Morrison Productions to bring in all the cutting edge virtual reality and virtual production into our studio. Um, so that's what's really going to be helpful for this project. And this convergence of talent and staff was going on while I was learning more about the Center for Unity and learning about the needs. Um, and lo and behold, um, Gabriel and I spoke about this, and I said, well, it, it's a possibility we might be able to help uh, as this, uh, you know, uh, continues on in, in terms of the cinematic portion of this project. So I was able to uh, discuss this with our head of production, and uh, he was at the same time bringing in and developing this partnership uh, to bring in CGI and virtual production into our studio space. Uh, so uh, it's very exciting to be working for uh, public television and Yes Productions uh, for so long um, and also to be able to bring something to the table uh, here for the Center for Unity team and to bring um, Jesus to life. Um, and, you know, we're, we're honing in on what stories are the most important to start with. Mm -hmm. We're building a framework and we can tell you more about that as we uh, go along. Sure. But um, I'm excited to bring in the two of my loves and passions together. Yeah, that's great. I'm honored. Indeed. And then finally we have, I guess it would be the second square down on the right <laughs> from where I'm sitting. Oh, it's, Santiago. Santiago. And then the gentleman in the center, the center square. Do you all see each other the same way I see each other? Gabriel's on the upper left. No, like on the Hollywood oh, squares. Yeah. Do any of you know that TV show? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Well, you can actually move the squares around by dragging. And oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm following well, you, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Jim. Uh, my name is Santiago Nilan. I'm actually a fan of, of your podcast. I really enjoy your 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 program. I think it's uh, very enlightening. You have a variety of uh, themes, so so I enjoy it a lot. It means a lot to me. I'm, uh, well, I'm a 20-plus years reader. I uh, discovered the Ranch book around uh, 1999. Uh, at that time, I was... Uh, a little bit disenfranchised with the Catholic uh, Church uh, had been for quite some time. You know, there's a, there were a lot of things that didn't really match up. You know, so I was in a in a search for for meaning. You know, different different places that I looked for, and suddenly the book arrived, and uh, it presented a new version of Jesus and some of the most or all of of the the, the missing pieces that I that I had from the from Catholicism really came into sense and it presented a different version that really, really matched my heart and matched what really, I mean, something that really filled me, you know, it was different, completely different version that made sense. And um, I remember I had a, a, a little uh, uh, return by mail thing in, in, inside the book that I filled. I, I didn't think nobody was going to contact me and I filled it and somebody from the uh, Uranch Association contacted, and I started going to uh, presentations. Then uh, did a study group, and uh, now I'm here <laughs> in the Center for Unity. I've been participating in the Mexico uh, Association. I even was there when it was chartered uh, with um, back in the day with Kathy Jones, and uh, that was that was fun. And and actually, I talked to Kathy, and they said, "Well, anything that you need for my part." And she said, "Well, can you do translations?" And suddenly, I was there in the middle of a translations wow. <laughs> in 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 doing that but doing all the, the the association translation back and forth from english into spanish and um and then i started uh, meeting other people gaitan uh i went to the chicago conference i think that was back in uh, 2004 or five mm. i went to chicago and um and then we did the hackathon two years ago that's where i met luis me i met gabriel and I got invited to the project a couple of months ago, and it has really been something that my soul needed. You know, I mean, this is a project that ever since you start reading the Urantia book, you want to take it a little bit further. It's like, well, we have to reveal this to the world, and and uh, it's slow. It's uh, kind of a little bit frustrating that you get, a lot of people do not know this information. It can be so rewarding for them. It can, it can help them so much. So. When this project came along and, and uh, all the, the initiatives that we have, uh, all the different things that uh, the Center for Unity is all about, uh, I was really excited. And, and things are starting to move along. Uh, I feel really blessed uh, to be part of this team. I'm in charge of uh, sales and marketing, and I'm also helping in the cinematic part of, uh, of our projects. So really excited to be here really excited to be with this team and like rick said and, and gabriel said this is something that we want to share with the world especially nowadays and and this is what you've discussed in some of your podcasts with the secular world that we live in and, and the battle that's been waging right now between uh, god and, and and the secular world that we have to bring the jesus story and jesus life to 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 more people and they can really comfort their souls in there. They can find that personal relationship with God that, that, that Gabriel talks about. And, uh, and mm -hmm. I think this is something that will really change uh, their, their hearts. 
and really open their hearts like it happened to me where I was fed up with a traditional religion and I found this personal relationship with God and I have my own personal relation, uh, relationship and personal religion with him. So that's, that's my story. Thanks, Santiago. That's great. How, did, how the heck did you translate Norlishadek into Spanish? I just, and for that matter, Hebrew. I mean, I, you know, it must be a challenge. And then finally, <laughs> sir, uh, the gentleman I'm seeing in the middle. Hi, Jim. I'm Stephen Marble. Hi, Stephen. And I'm, I'm in California, so... I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I can empathize with Gabriel <laughs> and what he does. Anyway, yeah, I was uh, self-introduced, I suppose uh, you could say, to the Orange Book in 1972. Uh, I uh, uh, kept it by my bedside and uh, uh, so, a solo reader and uh, kept it with me throughout my professional career uh, working in immersive entertainment. And so it was something I uh, I would look for uh, connections with others. And occasionally I would meet somebody and, and the word you ranch would drop and we would suddenly light up and start sharing. But it would be in the oddest situations. Once, uh, I think one significant one was in 87. It, it just came up the other day. Or yesterday, uh, I was with this uh, fellow uh, who had made the uh, first film on uh, the Shroud of Turin. And mm. I asked him, uh, oh, have you read the Urantia book? It says exactly how the Shroud was created. And he, yeah. he, said, he stopped and he said, <laughs> you're the second person in, that has asked me if I've read the Urantia book. And the other was some famous country uh a uh, country singer from uh, Nashville, whose name I can't remember. Uh, so I was uh, really happy to know there were other Urantia readers out there besides myself. And in th these circumstances, I kept bouncing into people. In 2000, I started becoming a student. And uh, I'm in the Santa Fe study group. And it's it's foundation of my life. It was the first thing that really made sense to me as I explored uh, what I was envisioning as reality versus what uh, organized religion was telling me was the spiritual uh, universe out there. So I come at it from a cosmic angle. And what I really appreciate about this project is it's taking me into the life of Jesus, which as a Protestant Christian, I walked away from quite a bit when I was younger and be, uh, went through agnosticism into spiritual uh, seeking and all of the different traditions and formats, and then back to Jesus all the time, back to Jesus. And uh, of course, when the Ranch book found me, that was the biggest uh, example. However, did I read uh, that portion of the Urantia book? Yeah, when I was in study group, but I never have studied it. Now I'm enjoying seeing how it fits in the big puzzle pieces of, uh, of consciousness that uh, I need and uh, I can see the world needs as well. So my uh, professional career is mostly in expanded cinema. That's where I started uh, going to Cinerama, Disneyland as a kid. And by the time I got in, I went in, uh, through USC Cinema during the days of Lucas mm. and uh, the gang. And yeah. I, being a hippie, uh, found myself in Idaho instead of Hollywood and uh, raising a family. I got back into filmmaking through teaching children filmmaking. Then I was teaching deaf children filmmaking. And then, oh, suddenly I'm making films again. And 
I got involved. I was making eight millimeter films. We were blowing up to 16 millimeter and cutting them. We were cutting them on an eight millimeter flatbed that was created in MIT and then blowing them up to 16. And I graduated from that, went into IMAX and friends of mine uh, and myself made an IMAX film called Kronos in 1985. And that did quite a quite well. It was a nonverbal film. And uh, later on, uh, we also developed a film, a couple films. Uh, one is Baraka and the other is Samsara shot in 70 millimeters. So wow. my background has been in analog film. And after I, I then did uh, Back to the Future, the ride at Universal Studios, a couple of them, one in Florida and one in Hollywood. And I was uh, their senior project manager that was my official title i was the meat and sandwich in the sole survivor of those projects so i got my i really learned a lot about immersive entertainment as we created that project and i went on to do a flying saucer in china and other things like that a lot of design that didn't get produced you can imagine my experience when i finally connected with gabriel about what they have been doing i was in just ecstatic to hear that this was happening, especially on the Sea of Galilee, and what what this could mean as far as a new theater of a new presentation for Jesus. And uh, I'm I'm totally enthused and yeah, I'm committed to this project. I can't tell you how many times I went to the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood on Sunset and just right. got blown away by. And then I saw Gravity in IMAX uh, a few years right. ago. I think I got kind of dizzy. so I, I Yeah, that was probably the best uh, IMAX film ever made, I think. It's uh, unbelievable. Next to 2001. Yes, and I saw that at the Cinerama Dome as well. So I'm lucky. Right. I consider my I'm, – I'm such a – and you're right about the right. 80s was the golden age of wonderful theater, and I don't think that will ever be like that again. So creative. So I got into radio around the same time that I discovered the Arantia book, which was about 1981. I'd already been a Christian. I didn't have any problem with Christianity. I probably wasn't that devout of a Christian, but I but I had the basics. And so I always thought there would be a marriage one day between radio. So I waited, I waited. And then when podcasting came out, that's when I realized that's the way to reach people. Because in radio, uh, it has been taught to me, and I've seen it, that people have a real relationship with another person. It's almost as good as having a best friend. And we don't listen in public. Most people, when they listen to a baseball game or a, whatever they're listening to, they listen by themselves or they're in their car by themselves. And they're having that symbiotic relationship with the person. So that's what, what motivates me. Having read the Arantia book probably a, a thousand times in some parts and at least three times from cover to cover, I share the same feelings as you guys. It's like you go back and you rediscover things. You've read them a thousand times. And you go, wow, I never saw that before. So let's get to the Unity Project. So tell me what you're doing because you've got all these different things. You've got the metaverse, which is exciting to me. Who who wants to take the charge and kind of give us an overview? I think I'm going to take that question. I'm sharing with you a tree. So obviously our listeners will not be able to see it, but I'm going to describe it. we call this the 25-year vision tree because our projects, there are four of them, and I'll mention them by name and explain what they are. Um, they're very, very long and quite ambitious. So we're taking them one step at a time. 
they're based on the life and teachings of Jesus in the Arantxa book, and a wonderful piece of art, because it's, it's that, called The Untold Story of Jesus. It's also a book, but it's a coffee table format book, beautifully made, uh, which is a synthesis. It's called um, Modern Biography of Jesus based on the Arantxa book, and that's what it is. So these two are our main references, and of course we're using the Gospels, Synoptic Gospels from the Bible, uh, anything authentic that we can use about the life and teachings of Jesus, we are trying to synthesize from all these sources to create experiences. And we are focused as an organization on creating experiences that produce spiritual transformations. And this tree uh, has a few branches. And now I'm going to describe to you uh, what those branches are and explain what our projects are. So the first is a software piece we call the Jesus Metaverse. That's an app. Then we have two in-person projects. In-person means you're going somewhere. You're visiting a venue. One of them is called the Jesus Museum. And that's going to be on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And we're currently negotiating a lease on the same building where right now you can see the Jesus or the Galilee boat. And that's a whole story in and of itself. But there is an object that was discovered 40 years ago uh, when the Sea of Galilee receded. And from the information we have from the Orange book, you can surmise that it is either a boat that Jesus built with his own hands, or was built in the Zebedee boat shop, which means if it's after his time, it's something he designed. So the Jesus Museum is going to be an in-person experience. You will see this boat, and then you will go into a different room, huge room, where Stephen is going to do his magic and basically bring you back 2,000 years to another lifetime so you can experience and witness in person what happened 2,000 years ago. But then we're also going to try to document um, in, in an in-person experience what happened since. What happened because Jesus was here? What happened to humanity uh, in the last 2,000 years? So that, that's why we call it a museum, but it's not a regular museum. It may have some physical artifacts and some pieces of art and archaeology. But that's not going to be the main focus. The main focus is going to be a personal experience. Now imagine you take that and you bring it to people all over the world where they are. So for those who cannot travel to the Sea of Galilee, we're going to make an experience called the Jesus Experience or Experience Jesus. And that's going to show in main cities around the world, just like the Van Gogh Experience and the Klimt Experience. And there's several companies that are doing this immersive experience venue uh, about different types of artists and other subjects. So we're going to do this about Jesus. And then that means you can walk into a venue somewhere around the world and experience something similar to what we're going to show in the museum. Well, let me ask so you a question people, real quick. I would imagine there are probably a lot of religious churches, uh, Christian groups, that are doing something similar or no? That they would have well, some sort of, uh, you know, reality, virtual reality, uh, walking through the, you know, no? Or do you, are you aware of any 
Well, I live in Israel, and there is no Jesus Museum here or anywhere else in the world. And there is the question is why? I don't have an answer to that, but it has never been done. And I think the one of the main points here is that we're marrying technology with information. The Urantia book has a complete description of the life and teachings of Jesus from before he actually came here to after he left. We're going to focus on the time he spent on earth. And there's so much information and insights that we can share. Uh, it has been never done before. It yeah. hasn't been done before because Urantia students didn't do it. And other people <laughs> right. didn't have the Urantia book. So this is a, a first. But even a Jesus Museum doesn't exist on this planet yet. That's strange. We, we have one for Noah. <laughs> we have one for the Noah Ark. Yeah. Yeah. We do. It does very well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And there's a Bible Museum, too, in, in Washington, D.C., a wonderful building. It's gorgeous and it's amazing. Uh, but there's nothing about Jesus. So these two are the, the experience and the museum are, are in person. Projects. And the fourth project we call Cinematic Jesus. And this is what Carrie and Santiago were talking about. So imagine we can do either, we're still deliberating what the format will be, but imagine you had a 50 episode, 45 to one hour each uh, minutes, uh, covering the entire life of Jesus in drama. Not a documentary, but the actual things that happen both, let's say, fictional and the real things. So we can meet characters that Jesus uh, met and, and saw, and we know the interaction that happened in the Urantia book, but then we can fictionalize what happened to these people after. What happened to Josiah, the blind beggar, after the Sanhedrin left him alone? Uh, what happened to Zacchaeus, that basically gave up his fortune after meeting Jesus? Mm -hmm. What happened to the two courtesans that he met in Rome? And basically, for the first time in their life, they were treated like persons. Yeah. Uh, there are so many backstories we can portray fictionally. And then, of course, tell, you know, show the Son of Man and the Son of God and his arc of development. Explain the things that we see in the Orange book and bring those pages to life and share his decisions, share his challenges, share his relationships, all based on the stories and the information we have in the Arantxa book. J.J. Benitez has done that. And the result was that thousands of people, uh, Luis Miguel included, and others as well, in Latin America, because his, his books were never translated to many languages. Uh, but thousands of people that read it in Spanish said, where is this Jesus coming from? I want to know more. And through that, they found the Arantxa book and decided to study it. Uh, we're not about disseminating the Arantxa book. We are about sharing Jesus and his life and helping people form a relationship with God. But if they are called to read the Arantxa book, so be it. We'll be happy. Uh, so cinematic is the fourth, fourth piece. Imagine a 50-episode series, a lot of hours of film covering the entire story. It will take us years to do, but we want to start now. And we feel that the time is right. So the Center for Unity is a nonprofit in Israel. It's not an actual center. It's, it's the name of our organization in charge of executing all these projects and the, all the people in this school 
are working in the, these different projects. Um, and then the Worldwide Ministry of Jesus is a is an own is an American nonprofit um, in the United States. It's mainly for fundraising and for overseeing uh, the financial aspects of, of this operation. So this is basically an overview why we're doing things, what is it that we're doing. Um, and I will just finish by saying that in these next 25 years, and I think even before that, we want to reach 1 billion people. And, and we think that this is ambitious, but actually doable. I'll just give as an example, the series, The Chosen, that started three years ago. They're going to release the third season uh, in November. The first two seasons were watched more than 400 million times. So granted, people like me watched <laughs> every episode several times, but there's still hundreds of millions of people who have watched these two seasons. They are planning seven seasons. And I think with these four projects, we, you know, God willing, we will reach many, many millions, if not billions of people and share Jesus bringing out to life from the pages of the adventure. It's pretty amazing. Uh, my first question is, how can I help? And my second question is, how can the listeners listening help? Uh, fundraising, obviously you need money uh, to get this going and to keep it going. Where where are you at with that funding? Well, let me take that question because that's one of my roles is, is fundraising. And um, But yeah, we're fully set up to accept contributions and donations. Um, let me start with a little bit of structural, organizational structure things that, that Gabriel kind of touched on there is, you know, last year when uh, this, this really took a, came up, went up to the next level, uh, we knew we had to have nonprofit organizations to do this. And Gabriel contacted a law firm there in Israel that had been experienced with creating museums and, and that sort of thing. And they helped us create the Center for Unity Nonprofit Organization in Israel. And then because of tax issues, we knew we wanted to have some way for people like in the United States because, you know, they get a tax uh, dedu uh, deduction for contributions. So we set up the Worldwide Ministry of Jesus. We had a law firm here help us with that so that we can accept donations through Worldwide Ministry of Jesus and then through a grant process, get those to the Center for Unity to fund our four different projects. So that's the relationship between Center for Unity and Worldwide Ministry of Jesus. But the, the best way for people to help, um, you know, first of all, is through prayer. You know, prayer is the most powerful way of, of supporting what we're doing. And, uh, you know, I think all of us here and probably most everybody that's listening knows the power of prayer when, when all of us pray together for a, a good cause and something that we believe is the will of God. Are all of these projects working at the same speed? Some obviously have to take longer than others. Where are we at with each of the four branches? Okay, so I'll take that one. The Metaverse is a software app. We have been spending the last year in building a, a computer model of the life and teachings of Jesus, something that was never done before, where things are connected to one another. We have thousands of data points. Uh, and then we can ask this model questions like, uh, you know, how many times Jesus was in Jerusalem and what happened each time and which dates was he in? So instead of searching the pages of the Rancho book, we have now a model that can answer that question. 
Or, for example, show me all the times that Jesus met a person, like what, we, what I call as he passed by, just once, and what happened in each, each one of those times. Or, for example, show me every event in which Simon Peter and Jesus were together and show me the, the list of all these events, what happened in each one of those. And then you can start seeing the relationship between, for example, Simon Peter and Jesus. Uh, so we have relationships and places and events and times and topics. Um, a, a, a big team of people have invested thousands of hours in collecting this information, which now we're building a software product to display in a database format so you can do research in a study format that you can actually uh, see a sequence of things and, and learn a topic like Jesus on gender equality. Now there's so much richness in the pages of the Urantia book about what was it that he was saying, what was it that he said to different people and taught his apostles, what was it that he did, just like the example I gave before, you know, he treated two prostitutes as children of God and gunned the young man that was beside it was shocked. And that young man came from India. His father was very rich. He was probably living in a harem. He saw right. women. Yeah. <laughs> so he knew the meaning of what Jesus was doing, and he was shocked, and he was not the only one. So obviously Jesus taught a lot of things about men and women, marriage, family. Um, not to say that you know he didn't speak specifically about LGBTQ, but we can infer from the things that he did, what was his thinking? Yeah. Uh, so this is just one example of a topic. We have hundreds of those. Yeah, yeah. So that's the software called the Metaverse. It's the most advanced project. The museum, we're negotiating a lease and we're actually now starting to design it. Stephen and a local firm in Israel that has worldwide experience in designing uh, museums and venues are starting to do this conceptual design. Uh, so this is advancing. Carrie and her team already have been producing detailed budgets for films for us, and we're now writing the treatment. This is in, in the parlance of the film industry, a document that explains the project. So we're fleshing it out, um, and the experience will be based on the museum. So whatever we do with the museum, the derivative of that is going to go into the experience. So yeah. all four projects are advancing. The metaverse is the most advanced. It's the one that we need the least amount of resources, at least financial resources for, but we need the most amount of hours for. So right. we've invested thousands of hours already. My goodness. Um, you know, uh, David Cantor released a video, I guess, a couple of years ago, uh, Reimagining Jesus. It, is it kind of like that? The the not the document, not the fifty part series, but the metaverse, where you sort of get to walk through Jerusalem and Israel the way that Jesus did. Is it sort of like that? Like you get to see what it was like back then through his eyes. That's a very good question. We're starting with something that those metaverses will exist, and they're plural but they don't exist right now. Not the Jesus one and not the other ones. They're being built right now. So we're talking a few more years into down the road. So the first version of the Jesus Metaverse is a software app you can run on your browser, on your phone, on your tablet, 
You don't need any spe- special Goggles. gear. Yeah. And it's not going to be immersive in that sense. It's going to be experiential, but more with media that we have today, with videos and art and comics and text and audio and podcasts and books and articles. So you can think of it as the research mode will be like a Wikipedia on the life and teachings of Jesus with a lot of media files and, and hyperlinks. So you can jump from one thing to the other. And then the studies are going to be a topical introduction. And then there's another layer to that product, which is the community and social layer where you can interact with other people. And this is, this is what young people today want. They want to unbundle faith. They want to take a little bit of the church and take a little bit of meditation, a little bit of mindfulness and do some music and yoga and dancing and find God their own way. Yeah. So our product is going to be part of that trend. Yeah. In the back of my mind, I asked myself, what is the Christian world going to do with this? Because they're the, ironically, they're the biggest obstacle. Uh, obstacle. <laughs> go, go figure, right? But it's because of that dogma. You know, they want to cling to... And uh, I don't know how to overcome that. I, I I woke up this morning thinking about that. There was an article in the paper where uh, a gentleman wrote about how we should embrace Christian nationalism, which may or may not be a good thing. But I think what he's saying is that the, the Christian church has an opportunity here to become a, a more political force by using the power of Christianity. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It seems almost like, a okay, now we're trying to find a reason to to, to exist uh, aside from teaching the teachings of Jesus, you know. Uh, but as, have you, any of you had any blowback from people saying, you can't do this, why don't you do the Bible instead of the Orangia book, stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Can, can, I, can I answer that? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's been one of the things that we've pondered, actually, uh, for a couple past uh, couple of months. Uh, it's okay, I and mean, we've actually categorized as uh, Urantia book readers and Christian uh, Christian uh, uh, Christians, you know, and we actually try to approach uh, to look for donations and to look for contribution and to to make them part of our a part of our world. But I think, uh, like you're saying, it's it's uh, I don't know the the deeply rooted uh, Christians. Uh, it's the Bible, and that's it. There's no there's no other reason out there. And, and actually, we had some some. Uh, <clears throat> Some people asking us, "Well, why are you using this book uh, instead of the Bible?" And so we we decided to say, you know, first we have to explain what the Urantia book is. They have to understand what's in there that it's not contradicting uh, uh, Christianity, but expanding it. And uh, really, th- there wasn't any any uh, we we didn't find any benefit of of uh, trying to get uh, the resources from them or trying to get them involved in here. Um, so that's really a question that to see what's going to happen. I think that the the the, the ones that are really ingrained and are really uh, sent into their ways, it'll be hard for them to 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 participate. I don't know if once we put out the information and we have the projects out there and they see that this isn't going against Christianity but expanding it, they might open up. But I think it's a little bit of what happened with uh, with Jesus in 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 uh, uh, that. Yeah. But the Gentiles were the ones that really took on on on, on, on his teachings. You know, yeah. the Jews kind of kind of went their went their way. You're right. Uh, yeah. I'm re- 
Yeah. I, I think that's going to happen, and I think, uh, like we were saying, this is geared to to younger people. I, I look at my, I have a, a, a three kids. I have a twelve year old, a seven year old, and a three year old. Which I, I, I mean, I can't just give them the reaction book at their age. It's, yeah. it's too hard for them, you know. <laughs> but I relate uh, what Jesus, uh, uh, you know, the Jesus version of the Urantia book, the 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 really the information from the Urantia book, and I always ask myself. When can they have a resource that they can go to on their own and they can really experience this on their own? And I think this is what we're doing. This is putting a very practical way to approach Jesus. And I think that's that's the number one way and how everybody like Luis Me in, in the Spanish-speaking world came to read the Rancho book. It was really that connection that they made with, uh, um, with Jesus that brought them to this place. I think Kelly had something she wanted to say. Go ahead, Kelly. Carrie. Carrie, sorry. Yes, My thank apologies. you. Um, well, from a production standpoint, I can tell you that uh, Kenny Morrison, the director, and his team are uh, looking into all this, and they're really excited about uh, producing something new and something different that hasn't been done before. There's so much mm. rich detail uh, that they are looking into, and I think that that will, um, you know, really resonate and uh, be, be relevant to a lot of folks. So from a t production standpoint, um, they're also, we didn't really talk about this too much, but there's going to be live actors. Uh, ah, so okay. it's a convergent of live actors along with the virtual production. Um, and it, it allows us with so, to have so many efficiencies along the way, along the production journey. Uh, it allows the entire team to have input uh, along the way as well in advance and, um, you know, a lot of different uh, approval, a nice approval process. It's solid. It's part of every production. But it's very exciting to, uh, they are telling me, you know, to have such new uh, detail and new information to produce. So. Mm, very good. Uh, anyone else uh, on that question? Do you think yeah. America is, go ahead. Go ahead, Gabriel. Um, I'll just say that um, one quote from the, from cinema, from Field of Dreams, build it and they will come. So right. we're going to build it and they will come. But also... Um, more practical uh, we feel that we want to focus on the Jesus before Christianity that doesn't mean anything it doesn't imply anything about Christianity got it whoever is Christian whoever is Jewish whoever is Muslim they can have their own faith we just want to share this person this the particular life and teachings of this person and how the simple truths of, of his gospel, you know, that we are children of God, we are loved unconditionally, we are brothers and sisters literally in the spirit. We don't have to think alike, we don't look alike, we don't have to be uniform to be united. Right. And there's a few other teachings about love and about forgiveness and about anger and about, you know, everything being about love, which... I think he came a little bit early for humanity, but humanity needs to catch up. We've been catching up technologically, wonderfully, materially, but spiritually we still have some work to do. And his teachings are so relevant to myself. You know, 15 years ago, I was deeply stuck in the material world. No connection to God. Deeply lost. Deeply miserable. 
and I had to get a few flicks and flacks on the head and then on the behind so that life will turn me around so I can start asking, you know, wh why or, you know, what, what else is out there that I'm missing and then open up to a relationship with God. There's many people who are searching. They, they are hungry. We want to share some spiritual food with them in an appealing and accessible way. We're going to translate these products to every conceivable language. That's a huge project. So we're going to yeah. do that. We're going to make it accessible to the hard of hearing and the visually impaired. We, we basically want any person on the planet to have access to this. The metaverse is going to be always free, no ads. We're okay. not going to sell anything. We're not going to sell you to anybody else. So we do need help building this metaverse. Um, mm -hmm. And what I, do, I just finished by saying, remember, Jesus before Christianity. Jesus was not Christian. He had nothing to do with Christianity. And most people in the world, including myself, when you ask them and they're not Christians, they will say, yeah, Jesus and Christianity are the same. Mm -hmm. But it's not true. Yeah. Jesus is, is before Christianity. So we will focus on that, on Jesus before Christianity. Mm -hmm. well, Jim, if I could jump in here with kind of a personal story along sure. the, your question there, of, you know, the relationship of Christians with what we're doing here and but uh, we had a fellow contact us who was a, a gospel pastor in Michigan who was interested in the metaverse and wanted to know more. So I talked to him on the phone for quite a while and told him about the metaverse and what it was doing. You know, and I think one of the important aspects of the metaverse is it's, it's not just an entertainment, but it's a tool that people can use for in-depth study of the book. You know, you can, you can make all these connections through these nodes that Gabriel was talking about. How, are, how is everything interconnected? Who is connected to this event? Where is this event? You know, what's what's the area like and what's it look like and where's what's it like today and all that kind of stuff. But this pastor, once I told him what uh, what the metaverse actually was, he said, you know, this is a valuable tool for him as far as creating his sermons and things like that. He can go in there and he says, I've got a whole library full of books, but I can't find what I need when I need it. But, you know, the way the metaverse is going to work, it's going to be very easy. He could see that it was going to be very easy for him to go in there and, and dig really deep into any particular topic and find the information that he needs to then take that to his congregation. And he said the other thing, the other aspect of the metaverse as far as being a tool for in-depth study was that, you know, he has a youth or a youth center where he helps disadvantaged youth. He said a lot of them have trouble reading. And so all the visual and audio aspect that's going to be in the metaverse will help those young people find and discover Jesus and a Jesus that they can relate to. So I think that's a very important aspect of the metaverse. I can't wait. Um, I, the, the movie thing, uh, I think is good too. this, this multiple, multiple series, because I think outside of the United States, I think there's much more hunger uh, for this than within the United States. We're too embroiled in silliness, you know, distractions and uh, bad leadership and all the things that we know. Um, what is the uh, what is the thing about the unseen father? I remember having a conversation with someone that this was at some point you could see that we would build a temple for worship somewhere along the Sea of Galilee. Was that a part of any of this, Gabriel? Yeah. Yeah, actually... Um, this is 
that idea of building a temple for the Unseen Father was the first thing that arrived many years ago. Um, and I, I think that's going to be part of this vision, but it's not something we're actively working on right now. In the beginning, we thought this museum will have a, a worship area. Um, I think it should still have a worship area. We haven't designed the museum, but it's, it's easier for, for us when we discuss these things with the Israeli government to say we're building a Jesus museum. It's a better, it's, a, it's an easier sell. And it's also true yeah. that mm-hmm. we want to build something like this. Um, I think the temple will come. We will get the sign that this is the right time. We will probably have to buy a piece of land around the Sea of Galilee for that. Uh, frankly, right now, nobody stepped up and say, here's $25 million, build it for me. If somebody steps up and says, here's $25 million, build it for me, I will do that. But bearing the fact that I don't have $25 million, that means we have to wait until this is the right time. And when the finances are there, it's probably going to be a good indicator. We can do the museum for a fraction of that cost. We can do the metaverse for a fraction of that cost. The 50-episode series is going to be the most expensive thing because film is film. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be something that will have so much impact because people, film is film, and people love cinema. Yeah. And Jesus still sells still until sells. today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in books and in films, because he's drawing yeah. people to him. And all we have to do is lift him up. So this is what we're doing. The t- temple will come. We, we are, it's in my mind. It's, it's, it's what started all of this. So I guess I needed to hear that first. Uh, and then sometime later down the road, this will materialize. I can tell you another story. Being in Israel, living in Israel, growing up in Israel, I know the Sea of Galilee very well. I've been there many, many times. There's a whole area in the northern part of the Sea of Galilee which is completely empty. It's rolling hills with nothing, nothing, nothing in it. And there's one road that drives through it on the way to the other side. And I was driving with my wife, Sandra, several times on that road. And I could see, I could feel that this would be an educational center in the years to come. Beings from all over the universe will come to this planet because they will know who Jesus is. And they will come here to find out more about this particular world and what more befitting place to build such a center than that place. I think the temple will be the cornerstone of that place. When is the right time for that? I don't know. But we will find out. It may also be a reflection, uh, or when that happens will be a a reflection of how far we have come. Yes. Right. Well, I know know it's going to be unbelievable for you all, but we've been here for an hour, and I want to give everybody an opportunity to, to say a few things about their involvement, and any thoughts that you have about the Urantia movement? And uh, before I do that, though, I do have a question for our Argentinian friend. There has been a lot of discussion that I've had with a lot of people about the expansion and explosion of the Urantia book in South America, which is a heavily Catholic country, of lots of little countries that are Catholic. What's the explanation behind the reception of the Urantia book in, say, South America as opposed to 
uh, Australia or other places where you have uh, such a heavy Catholic. Australia would be a bad example. Why is it so popular in South America? What's going on there well, that we don't know? Well, Jim, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a tough question, you know, because, uh, well, who knows? I, I think I think we're passionate. We're, we have a lot of passion for 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 the things we believe, and uh, and I think the the South American people has this this eager to believe in something greater, and and uh, and once they got into it, they go all the way. You know, it's like they don't hesitate a lot. Uh, that's that's my experience, you know, and 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 particularly in the in the in the in the Urantia community movement, I think that uh, it has been a great job of some of people, some of the people uh, that are leading the the movement in the in the different countries organization. Because we've created like a Latin American committee, a South American committee of leaders, and uh, we will be we will be working like uh, I I must say like uh, probably six years, six years uh, from now, and 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 we'll be we'll be being very active on. And helping each other to understand what is going on in Colombia, what is going on in in Peru, Ecuador, and we all we all are connected, and that helped a lot of people to be attracted uh, to most of the of, of the of the ways we we're trying to to do. So there's a lot of going on here because there's a lot of readers who believes in in working together. And uh, and I guess it's, it, it is growing. Definitely, reason. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how. I I, I don't have that. Probably yeah. Santi I, has has a has another perspective. Another yeah. 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 I, I I agree. I'm 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 actually from Mexico. I live in Mexico. Uh, um, and I think one of the 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 big big thing that happened in the 90s was the the Trojan horse books by JJ Benitez. Yeah. I, I actually read the, the book in English. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I, although I'm Mexican, I'm, I'm, I read better in English and I had American uh, uh, education. But everybody else that I know in Spanish speaking got it through the, the Trojan horse. Actually, some of our trustees in the foundation, like Victor Bori, he read the, the, the Trojan horse and, and he came through that. So I think this, like Gabriel said, is reflecting on what's going to happen with the, with the Center for Unity and presenting the Jesus uh, uh, story where people can relate. This is, I mean, this is a human part where you can relate to. And that takes you to the rest of the Urantia book. So yeah. I think that's what happened. I mean, people knew through the Catholicism uh, of, uh, that they were brought up into. They knew Jesus. And now they have an expanded and, and more accurate uh, accurate, uh, accurate uh, um portrayal of Jesus that really re resounds with them. So I think that's, that's the key. Very good. So thoughts about any closing thoughts about your involvement, uh, what you'd like to see in the next year. And we can start with Carrie. 
Yes, thank you. Um, such a pleasure to be here. And I've really enjoyed your podcast, Jim. Um, thank you. I've just discovered them, really, if you can believe that. So thank you for all that you're doing. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that what, what we're offering, what we're doing, uh, is going to resonate with, with a lot of folks. Um, I can just tell you me personally, um, you know, my family, uh, talking about, you know, young kids and such, going to... Um, more of a Christian, non-denominational church is, uh, can be enjoyable, and uh, the fellowship with the ladies there, uh, and the uh, you know the worship, uh, praise and worship music is always nice. So it's you know it is really um, enjoyable enjoyable to be able to find your spirituality in so many different areas. So maybe people can you know relate to that. Um, and what I'd like to express uh, with regards to this virtual production, which are kind of like the new new buzzwords out there, is uh, seeing is believing. Uh, so it's just such a convergence of the live action and the virtual uh, reality, the virtual wall and the virtual production. It's so many efficiencies um, where we'll be able to uh, uh, do things uh, and produce in a much more efficient manner with a lot of different uh, convergence of thoughts and creatives that don't have to be physically all in one place um, with such a wide variety of, of backgrounds and uh, sets that we can change out basically within minutes. I mean, we can go from 1920s Berlin, you know, to 2022 Anchorage, Alaska to first century, you know, Jerusalem, you know, within minutes. And so, what Sounds like do the holodeck is... on Star Trek, you know? Remember the holodeck? <laughs> exactly. You know? Oh, yes. Computer. Yes. I want Chicago, <laughs> 1930. Here we go. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the team is really excited. Um, and uh, what we can say here is, you know, seeing is believing. And I think that's that's really what we need, right? Yeah. It almost, yeah, it, it, it reinforces the, the the visuals, however that works in the mind. And then you feel like you actually have a memory, a cohesive memory. Uh, Rick, uh, any thoughts about, again, I know I asked you this before, but you need people. You need more people. You need, uh, will, will we? can we see anything now, uh, sort of like a teaser on what you've come up with so far? Is there a place we can go and maybe get a glimpse of each of these projects and where they're at now? Yeah, the, uh, the Jesus Metaverse, actually, Gabriel put together a real nice uh prototype of that that's out there i think the best way for people to do that is go through the the website uh, jesusmetaverse.org and you can find links to that those kind of videos and that sort of thing so but uh, the jesus metaverse is certainly our project that's the most uh, advanced nearing completion okay so a years ago i did a uh, i found a software where i could go back in time and see if a specific date fell on a specific day and I calculated, I went through the, the Jesus papers, and I started saying, okay, I would look for something that said, Jesus went here on Sunday, May 3rd, you know, uh, 22, whatever it was. And every one of them matched up perfectly to the software that gives you. And, and the reason I'm asking this is because in your process of, of all these projects, have you yourself found nuggets of validation? You know what I mean? In other words, 
were you in this process of putting all these stories together and these visuals and ideas? Were you ever for a moment going, wow, this is just so rich in detail uh, that in the parts of what you're doing, were you able to gleam even more validation of the Arantia book and amazement at the authors who were able, the Midwayer Commission, how they were able to get so much right in their in their narrative. Does that mean anything to any of you? Sure. I think it's I think what you're saying there, Jim, is exactly what we're trying to do with the metaverse is help people reach that. You know, I've been around long enough that those nuggets of verification came for me long ago. You know, the Urantia book, one of the things that's that really appeals to me is it's the the only religious text or spiritual text that names dates and places. You know, yeah. we went through as part of something we were, you know, doing personally several years ago and pulled out all the dates from the Arantia book, specific dates on this day, such and such happened. The next day this happened. And there's over 300 specific dates listed in the Arantia book. And those are the kind of things that people can go into the metaverse and, and find. You can find those dates and connect all the dots and all that kind of stuff. So go ahead, Carrie. Well, I was just going to say it's just been exciting for me personally um, to see all these seemingly coincidences just popping and happening um, as I um, help uh, with this project. I have read a lot of Squire Rushnell's uh, books over the years on the meaning of coincidences, and he has social media and such. Um, he's a, is a television producer that produced... Um, um, you know, some children's educational programming, Schoolhouse Rock back in the oh, yeah, you know, sure. 80s or so, when only public television at that point was really doing, you know, educational TV. And he <clears throat> compiles all these uh, little stories, back to stories, telling the story of um, all these seemingly coincidences that uh, people around the world will uh, will swear that it's uh, the divine intervention sure. or divine help or the angels helping if they you know it's something medical and they never go back in and check on this and they they went and discovered you know something so I've read uh, and enjoyed they're delightful um, of all the uh, seemingly coincidences so for me personally we don't have the time now but it's been very exciting uh, to feel that I've been on the right path. Um, as I have experienced some major coincidences uh, in the process of working with uh, this team. And I look forward to more. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that it's going to be a lot of fun as we continue along. We have a, a lot of uh, things to keep us busy. We have teams of people that are ready and are looking for work and are looking to help. Has so. any of this been impeded by COVID and, and the current sort of political tension that's going on in the world because we're all in our different parts of the world trying to coalesce it has helped i think COVID has helped we're going to make lemonade out from lemons that's right. right that's right um well, we are we're learning how uh, to work together uh with teams uh around the world and uh work in an efficient manner and um you know we can talk for a long time about that but i think that in those regards uh, i think it's helped the process and the team well, I want to thank everybody, Gabriel and, of course, Carrie and Stephen and Rick and Santiago and anybody I missed. Thank you. It's been an honor to be here. And I want to help. I, I like this because I wasn't sure you know, the first time I've had more than one person on it, uh, the program. So it worked out nicely. I could go on forever. And uh, I want to keep track of this project. So keep 
me informed, and then I can relay that information. And Rick, any of you that want to come on and share any of your own experiences, you have an open invitation, and I hope that you'll take me up on it. Uh, we're trying to build something here. I'm, I'm shocked that we're not farther along in terms of awareness of the Arantia book, but I'm not dismayed because I know how rich and complex the book is, and it, it takes a commitment. You've got to be willing, like I think one of you said, you can hand the book to somebody, but they got to want to read it, and they've got to be open to it, and they've got to have a hunger for something. And I try to tell that to my kids and my people that I love in my life, and they just, you know, it's just I'm more amazed that they don't want to know. Anyway, I wanted to just thank all of you for that. And again, I want to give out a couple of pieces of information. Uh, call, here's a phone number for you. Uh, this is 765-366-7203. That's Rick's number. Rick, if you want to help, call Rick. He'll help you. And then you can be a part of this project. Have you done a Go, GoFundMe kind of a thing yet where people can go on and... Donate on the website. There's a, there's a donate credit cards and there's the address there to send a check. We can accept donations in any uh, any from any any place in the world. And it's JesusMetaverse.org. JesusMetaverse.org. I hope you found our time with these wonderful people here on the Arantia Radio Podcast absolutely enthralling. And thanks again to Gabriel Nineberg, Santiago Neeland, Carrie Blash, Steve Marble, Luis Morales. And, of course, Rick Lyon for helping to put this interview together. No doubt it gives me great joy to see inside this wonderful project from those who are actually involved. And I can't wait to see how each of these projects come together and what transformative effect they will have in bringing people on this planet closer to God through the examination of his son. And again, for more information, centerforunity.org. Rick is also happy to answer any questions. And his number is 765-366-7203. Again, that number is 765-366-7203. Such a great experience. And I thank you for stopping by this edition of the Arantia Radio Podcast. <music>